You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. And this is a podcast pairing discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? (laughs) You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know, starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is risky business. (laughs) I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology. Welcome to episode 81 of Distilling Theology. I am your Presbyterian co-host, Blake Courtright, joined, as always, by my Baptistic brochacho, Justin Van Riper. What's going on, dude? Hey. Hey. He says, <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's 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 been a fun day so far, but it's it been is. good. It's it been has. interesting. Uh, this is a very unique recording environment. Um, <laughs> yeah. As you can see behind us, we have uh, a fire that is burning but not being burnt up. <laughs> we'll make no more references. <laughs> and um, we got some whiskey. We got some Bibles. We got some prayers. Uh, yeah. And thanks to our Patreons, we've got our new Roadcaster Pro, which we're using to record. Uh, this episode is recorded live, and all the effects are baked in. So um, this is a high-risk, high-reward kind of test <laughs> recording. And if it uh, if it if it crashes and burns, you know we're we're going to be in for an interesting time, to yeah. say the least. But uh, you know, whatever happens is going to happen, right? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've recorded uh, in general, and specifically since we've recorded together in person. I honestly don't remember the last time we did that. Yeah, I think the last time we did was with my dad when we did the. Oh wow! Yeah. When we yeah when we did the um, the episode on sanctity of life. So my man. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a hot minute it has. Um, since we've been together recording. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's this is good. It is good. It's good to be back. And uh, speaking of being back, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But, um, you know, sometimes you try so hard and get so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, but in seriousness, Justin, what are we sipping today? I'm going to go ahead da- and... You just dated us. I, I did. What are we going <laughs> to... Uh, um, yeah, so... Yeah. Stag Jr. Uh, barrel Proof. I'm excited. Uh, it looks interesting. We we haven't even opened it yet. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so this particular bottling is bottled at 64.75% alcohol by volume or 129.5 proof. This is barrel-proof, unfiltered, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And this is Stag Jr., which is the less matured version, um, less exclusive version of the George T. Stag. Uh, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection the Stag whiskey. Senior. <laughs> yeah, well, the Stag Senior is very expensive, and uh, mm. I think now they're going for like seven or eight hundred dollars a bottle. This guy, unfortunately, is now in like the one twenty, one seventy five range around me. But I got this for fifty back in the day. So I'm trying to I'm trying to look up some notes on this. Uh, it's asking me for my age. I wonder if it'll it'll take my date if I was born in like eleven hundred. Bro, sixteen eighty nine. How can you? How do you miss that? It needs to be higher than 1900. What if I was born in 1898? 1901. 1901. I'm in. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, 
We got <laughs> Adam. <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, this is great. Now we uh, we wait for Justin to find some some notes here for us. When it was first released in 2013, Stag Junior was expected to be a younger version of Buffalo Trace Distillery's George T. Stag Bourbon. George T. Stag is released as part of the distillery's antique collection, and it is well known for its quality and brilliant flavor. With Stag Junior, the emphasis is on the flavor, but also boldness. It is completely uncut. Uh, really hard not to make a joke here. Um, meaning, okay, David. <laughs> meaning it is diluted with water before bottling. Rather, it is bottled at barrel proof, typically giving it quite a high ABV. Justin, you're not David. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um... But the flavor is still there with all the most loved bourbon qualities. This also means that with every release of the bourbon, the ABV changes. There have been multiple iterations of Stag Jr. with different, albeit similar, ABVs. It also makes them rarer, and since this is a limited release anyway, bottles of Stag Jr. are hard to come by. Unless you're us. That, that's not true. For that's ecclesiastical true. reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that Stag Jr. and George C. Stag to boot are so difficult to come by. They are truly remarkable bourbons, and we can only wish there were more of them. So, enough talk. Now let's uh let's get some aromatic notes here. Have you had Stag before? Uh, I had Stag the first time you came up to my apartment. Mm. Uh, you had Stag. Yeah. So this is this is our second time drinking Stag Jr. together. This is a different bottling, though. I believe. I think different. Uh, ABV. Ooh. Ooh, that smells. That smells lovely. Yeah. So Stag Junior, um, unlike, uh, like Elijah Craig Barrel Proof puts batch numbers on it. Stag Junior does not. So the only way to find the batches is to, you have to find a list. Often they're on like Reddit or something that show um, the list of which batch you're in based on what proof it is. So. From what I heard, the early batches of Stag Jr. were a little bit inconsistent and rough and sometimes not so great, but the later iterations have been pretty consistently delicious. Um, I've had at least two or three different of the later batches. I think I've had seven, eight, and nine, and they've all been really fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go in for a little nosing here. Yeah. It smells great. It's Oh, dude. It's like... It's all the bourbon notes that you love, but dialed to 11. It's like... It's like when you crack open, uh, you know, that watered-down confession of faith versus when you open up the Westminster standards. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't talk about um, we shouldn't talk about our Dutch friends that way. <laughs> oh, sadness. I'm still I'm still learning the new uh, the new effects buttons on here. So, so with me. yeah, this is a very thick caramel sort of sweetness, oh, vanilla. Oh yeah, and I definitely get that like cinnamon, nutmeg, Big clovey time. spice. No, real strong. Like this is this is like baking in the fall, um, oh, with the with the windows open, the fireplace is is going in the other room. You had cinnamon rolls for breakfast. There's so many things happening here. <laughs> if you really get in there too, it it even gives you a good burn on the nose. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that yes, this one is handle with care. Be careful there. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's also that like really rich brown sugar molassesy note that I absolutely love from Barrel Proof Whiskey. Um, that not that you don't get it in, you know, watered down releases or, or your standard releases, but it's so pronounced in Barrel Proof, and and I just love it. Yeah, I mean, there's almond, sort of even pecan, 
Oh yeah, I get that like um like almost like a maple pecan with a little bit of sugar coat on it. All in the smell, mind you. This is like this is good. Yeah, it's like you can really taste it's strong enough that you can it's strong enough that you can really taste it through your nose. <laughs> There's a quote. Like, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Twenty twenty two is better than ever. Um you know what I'm I'm also getting that slight little bit of like classic apple pie scent, but it's it's definitely apple pie because it's on that sweeter end. It's less like those crisp, yeah. um, you know, Red Delicious or Granny Smith apples that we might get in other whiskeys. It's definitely apple pie and pecans and brown sugar molasses. It basically it's um, it's super super thick. <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways. Well, we uh, can actually cheers this time. Oh, we sure can in real life. Let's see. Can we do it with the, with the music? We'll have to do it in front of one of these mics. Yeah. We can do it in front of mine. This is so strange. We haven't recorded in person in forever. So we just kind of forget how to do this. It's going to be weird. Let's, let's not, go. let's not crack the Glen Karens in the process. <laughs> that would be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. That's a roller coaster. Yeah. Oh, it's still going. Hold on. Yeah. That finish is intense. I can I can feel it finishing all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I can feel it in my ears. That's <laughs> like really my, intense. All my um. Well, what I mean by the ears is like the sinuses and everything just cleared right up. That's crazy. Oh my goodness! Like the pressure in my ears changed. I could still feel it going down in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Did, not for the faint of heart. This is no. not a good uh, beginner bourbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. Hey, get, hey, man. I'm I'm really interested in trying bourbon. So that actually happened to me the other day. No. Hold on. Straight up, I got a, uh, I got an Instagram message. Uh, on my, on my account, and he said, "Oh no, no lie." Oh no. He says, "Hey, I wanted to know your opinion. I'm brand new to the spirits world. Looking forward to." Uh, trying some, I was thinking of trying Elijah Craig small batch and I was like, and, and at first I thought he said barrel proof. Oh no. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's about the energy of, uh, well, I asked him what his flavor palette was, what he yeah. likes. And he's like, well, I like really sweet things. I'm like, so don't get bourbon to start. No. Like, let's check out some scotch. So I was like, you know, try Glen Morangi, Delmore, Belvini, something sweet. Dude. Um, and he'll be in that well, like, hook line and sinker him. My wife does not like smoky whiskey. However, she's been super open to trying things, which I'm like super proud of her for because whiskey's not everybody's cup of tea, especially if that's you're not usually drinking spirits neat. But she's been really enjoying a lot of those fruit forward scotches, your Glenmorangie's, Aberfeldy, and and those are really great economy options as well. Like Glenmorangie 10, I think is 40 bucks. Aberfeldy is. 35 or 40 like they're great economy options this is definitely not an economy option uh and it is not for the faint of heart uh no this is this is a this is like the the power lifter of bourbons (laughs) (laughs) you could also say oh wait don't take that sip i don't want you to spit whiskey out of your nose now now it's probably not going to be that funny that's unfortunate um, I was going to say this isn't for the faint of spirit. <laughs> so on the palate, I'm getting sort of, uh, now that it's settled in, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting like... Uh, in the afterburn. <laughs> in the, uh, 
like almond, almost chocolate covered nuts. Yeah. Um, the pecan is coming through. Definitely this uh, strong in the vanilla and spice. Mm. Um, pretty like pretty dynamic. It's pretty good. It's pretty dynamic and pretty. Um, I want to say complex without. Because it's not like it's not like overly complex. There's not like a ton of different flavors, but it's it's really amped up. The like you said, it's dialed up to eleven. What you expect of a good bourbon? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's that's this is tasty, dude. That that like toastiness that comes in the second half of the of the palate. It's like you're like this is fine. This is fun. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> it's like a ton of it's like a bee sting. It's basically <laughs> like the whiskey um, has a turbocharger, and once you hit that certain RPMs, it's just like revs it up and and yeah once you. once you get through the uh the turbo lag and then that boost kicks in <laughs> tune in next week for our automotive commentary <laughs> oh man is, uh never mind i was yeah <laughs> maintaining theology so anyway guys anyway. Uh, we're gonna open with some prayer um and then we're gonna read some bible uh we have here uh a valley vision which i highly recommend you get uh, Blake wants to read this. <laughs> uh, so this is, it's if you have me. it, page 226, Evening Renewal. For us, it is evening, almost, kind of. It is. And um, we need to be renewed. <laughs> amen. I, I, well, amen. Here we are. Uh, let us pray. My Father, if thy mercy had bounds, where would be my refuge from just wrath? But thy love in Christ is without measure. Thus I present myself to thee with sins of commission and omission against thee my father against thee adorable redeemer against thee and thy strivings o holy spirit against the dictates of my conscience against the precepts of thy word against my neighbor and myself enter not into judgment with me for i plead no righteousness of my own and have no cloak for iniquity pardon my dark day with evil this night i renew my penitence Every morning I vow to love thee more fervently, to serve thee more sincerely, to be more devoted in my life, to be wholly thine. Yet I soon stumble, backslide, and have to confess my weakness, misery, and sin. But I bless thee that the finished work of Jesus needs no addition from my doings, that his oblation is sufficient satisfaction for my sins. If future days be mine, help me to amend my life, to hate and abhor evil, to flee the sins I confess. Make me resolute, more watchful, more prayerful. Let no evil fruit spring from evil seeds my hands have sown. Let no neighbor be hardened in vanity and folly. By my want of circumspection, if this day I have been ashamed of Christ and his word, or have shown unkindness, Malice, envy, lack of love, unadvised speech, hasty temper, let it be no stumbling block to others, nor dishonor thy name. O oh, help me to set an upright example that will ever rebuke vice, allure to goodness, and evidence that lovely are the ways of Christ. Amen. Amen. I couldn't help but think, want of circumcision? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> To, to Kim Riddlebarger's point from last week, whether we're uh, agreeing that it's a you know replacement of circumcision and baptism, baptism is a better sign. Gotta gotta be honest. 
it's 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 legit. So speaking of signs and scripture, signs and wonders, signs and wonders, <laughs> um, we wanted to start up a a series in tandem with like the systematic theology series that we've been working through. So uh, we decided what better thing to do for a reform podcast than to go to the book of Romans and basically do a read and exposition and, and conversation. Now, neither of us, again, disclosure, neither of us are pastors, neither of us are formally trained theologians. So our commentary is our own. It's our own reflection. It's, it's, uh, wisdom from pastors that we've heard on sermons on the book. It's wisdom we've read in commentaries and other people's things and our own, and our own personal thoughts. Um, but get a hold of a really good commentary on the book. Lloyd Jones, Calvin, um, go listen to some really good preaching. I think Piper has like a year's worth of sermons on the book of Romans. Like go dig in and get some. Yeah. We're working through the book of Romans right now at church. My man. Uh, which is great. We're in uh, Romans. Uh, we just finished Romans uh, 8. Oh, man. No, we're starting Romans so 8. Good. Yeah. And it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to to, to go through. As a church, it's very helpful. Oh, Paul, yeah. Paul's gospel. Well, and we got through, uh, right when I was first coming around to my church, they were finishing a saga on Romans. So we were coming to the end there, and it was so good. So to kick us off, let's start in Romans 1. I guess we can... Uh, Read a few verses each. I don't know how we, we didn't think this part through yet. So <laughs> we are sharing currently, um, just because we just decided I happen to have Bibles here. Fortunately, I have two of the same, except um, so we both have the ESV Reformation Study Bible by Ligonier. Uh, the, I have the condensed edition, he's got the full size there. And honestly, if you're going to get a study Bible, this is definitely one we'd recommend. 100%. Uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot of information about the book. Uh, the title, the author, the date, what was going on historically at the time, the occasion, uh, the characters, themes, and then, of course, uh, seeing Christ in the book. Um, so super helpful. And then there's just a boatload of of uh, of notes throughout yeah. this whole thing. Well, this note here from the, the little introduction I really like, it says, this is about Romans and the larger story of the Bible. Romans is replete with Old Testament quotations, references, and allusions. It also provides something of a survey of the promise of the gospel revealed in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes on to elaborate on that with references within the book, but it's so, so good. Um, so I'm excited. We're going to, I think, let's just read Romans 1, yeah. and then uh, see what happens. we'll go from there and talk about it. Let's see <laughs> how many verses is it we can, we can subdivide here. I'll just do this first chunk here, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and he was declared to be the Son of God, in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a way to open a letter. I mean, I mean, he, you know, we recognize Paul as an apostle because he, he was visibly visited by Christ uh, physically uh, on the road to Damascus, right? Yeah. He, he was called specifically by God. And I, as, as I understand it, he also did underwent some training for several years, yeah. uh, potentially with, um, well, with the apostles, we know for sure. 
So he he wasn't near, he wasn't like what we see today, right? People oh, are yeah. calling themselves apostle. Oh yeah, someone <laughs> on Facebook with with the, the word apostle in their profile. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, I hate, know. I do. I know people, uh, friends friends of ours who who call themselves uh, and their spouse, you know, apostle so and so, and I'm like, mm, nope. Nah, fam. That's not how that works. Um, yeah. But then, I mean, we see immediately he's referencing the scriptures that they knew, right? The Old Testament, the old scriptures, the prophets, right? Concerning these people knew who Christ was. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and, and the Jewish people knew the whole time. They should have known, um, certainly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he, and he just starts off very easily, according to the flesh, right, who was descended from David. He's, he's giving Christ's lineage already. Uh, so that we know whom he, to there's no so there's no curiosity to whom we're speaking about right um <laughs> and then and then declared to be the son of god in power and in spirit of holiness and resurrection right he 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 covers he covers everything right yeah resurrection of the dead yeah i mean just keep reading this this we're just going to we talk yeah. about this all day yeah i think romans 1 is probably going to end up being discussed in multiple episodes what up? But that's okay. Uh, you know, it's an it's an adventure. And we might even have a uh, giveaway related to this book at some point. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that. I'm jealous, by the way. Yeah. I tried to cop that. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> we tried. All right, so this is Romans 1, verse 8 in the English Standard Version. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at least succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Let me interrupt you. I just want to point out... (laughs) When we're addressing our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially if we're coming to them to correct something, mm. this is how you want to start. <laughs> yeah. Like, like talk about, talk about like breaking the ice in a good way. Yeah. Like, look, I am blessed as heck to be here. Like you're talked about among pe- people know you because of this. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> you know, your faith is proclaimed in all the world. These people were known for being faithful mm. and he was encouraging them immediately and saying like, look, well done. Like, good job. Like that's yeah. more of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what a way to start. Yeah. And he continues. That's a, that's a fantastic point. Asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Oh man. Yeah, what a way to <laughs> I also like that he he's speaking he's distinguishing t- distinguishing between the Greeks and the barbarians. Yeah. Which is typically we see the distinguishing between the Jew and the Greek. Mm. But now we have a, a a further distinction that he's he's obligated <laughs> to all people, right? Right. <laughs> the gospel is now available to the world. 
Jew, yeah. Gentile, and the like, including the barbarians. Wild. This is wild and bruh. <laughs> and I like that he, he mentions like he, he's been like deeply desiring to see them. Right? Yeah. I've been, I've been trying to come see you. It's not like I've, uh, you know, he's, he's reminding them that like, I haven't forgotten about you. Right. And, and also that, you know, in more colloquial contemporary English, and, I, and I'm sure some of the more uh, thought for thought translations might lean into this. It's, he's like saying, it's not that I didn't, it's not that I don't want to come see you. I'm not, I'm not staying away. I'm not trying to avoid you. I've just been prevented from coming, but I, I long to be with you. Like, right. I want to come, come in, to your church. Or in Peterson's, the message, y'all missed you. <laughs> Yo, what's up, fam? <laughs> um, so starting in verse 16, uh, and here we go, right? This is, this is about our faith, right, and the righteous. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. Um, I believe the Greek is, is dunamis or dynamite, right? It is the power of God, the dynamite of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Mm. Um, tre- tremendous, uh, like, a, tre- a tremendous example of the necessity of the gospel in order f- to have salvation. Yeah. Right. We are saved by hearing the word. And the word is God's dynamite for our salvation. Mm. Right. We must hear the gospel we must hear the word yeah in order to be saved at least that's the prescription right and as you read it like this was actually uh, romans 116 was my uh my senior quote when i was in high school um because i was that i I tried to jesus juke everybody but (laughs) at the same time i think especially in our day and age where we're starting to look in the west more and more like ancient rome this is important. We're not ashamed of this truth. Mm-hmm. Like I saw a, a post floating around. I forgot who it originated from, but it was something to the effect of Christ didn't get crucified because he fed the hungry and he um, healed the sick. Well, he asked them, I, I've done many good works for which of these do you stone me? Right. 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 He was, he was crucified and he was hunted, not because he did good things, which is not to say we shouldn't be pursuing like, Remember the Old Testament prophets, the judgment is because you've neglected the widow of the orphan, you, you've forgotten the justice of God. Like, so absolutely, but, but remember that Jesus wasn't crucified for those things, he was crucified because of what he said, because of the message he said, because he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. And that exclusive and yet in, incredibly inclusive message of the gospel, like it's r- right here, right? There's no other name under heaven by which you may be saved, and yet it is salvation to the Jew and to the Greek. It is salvation to the people who have been the people of God and to those who are far off and to those who've never known the true God. And it's so incredible that the gospel message is so radically inclusive in who it reaches. It reaches everybody and it can reach anybody in any station of life, in any, uh, any religious background, any um, cultural background. The gospel can penetrate all those layers and all those defenses and it is um, powerful to do so. And yet, it's radically exclusive, as we've said, right? Because it's only in Christ. There's one way. This is the way, right? There is no other path uh, by which we may be saved. And, it, and it's powerful. Yeah. This is the way. 
Uh, and he continues, for the wrath of God, by the way, an attribute often forgotten in our modern culture, the wrath of God, the unchanging, ever-burning, righteous, perfect wrath on evil and wicked is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. Super important. We know God exists. Everyone knows God. But we suppress the truth in unrighteousness, so much so that we often believe our own lies. Mm. For what can be known by God about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they were, are, are without excuse. So I, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day uh, over pizza and beer about, about this exact verse, essentially. He was talking about, what, you know, what about people the age-old question, what about people who don't get the gospel? You know, why do they go to hell? Well, I said, number one, what does Romans 1 say? Right. They know God. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. His attributes are clearly seen so that they're without excuse. And then Paul, uh, later on in Romans, talks about how we make rules and laws for ourselves. We apply them to others, but then we don't abide by them ourselves. Yeah. So we're not only violation, violating law, the laws that we create for ourselves, but we know God exists. We suppress the truth and unrighteousness. You've made the assumption, my friend, that they deserve the gospel. Right. The, the people in the bush who don't hear the gospel don't deserve the gospel. Nobody deserves the gospel. They don't deserve an opportunity. Right. Nobody deserves that. That's why it's grace. That's why it's mercy. Yeah. Um, and also that idea that, okay, well, if, they, if, they would ju- if those people would just hear it, then they would change. Well, how many people in the West have unlimited access to Scripture? We're gagging on Bibles. Right. And, and I, not to sidebar too hard here, but Romans one always makes me think of the current cultural debates around sexual ethics. And I'm not a fan of Matt Walsh. I'm not going to promote Matt Walsh. That said, he was on Dr. Phil with some, he's uh, entertaining, some trans activists. Johnny, the walrus is an interesting book. Yeah. And he, and he sits there and again, I'm not, I'm not commending him per se, but he, he's a papist. He's got all kinds of other problems, but one thing he got very right. And he's sitting there with these, these advocates of this, um, distorted view of humanity and sexuality. And they're saying, well, I'm, I'm a woman. Like you don't get to say that. And he says, okay, well, what do you mean when you say that? What's a woman? And they're like, well, it's not for me to define. And he's like, no, just tell, like, just tell me what does the word woman mean? And they're like, well, it's so broad and it's this and it's that. Yeah. It's okay. what it, I remember there, there was one point where they're like, well, it's whatever I decide at the moment to be, to be a woman. And it's like, okay, to be a what? Right. What, right. what is it that you're you keep describing? saying you're trying to describe being something, but you don't know what that something is. Right. And, okay. and that kind of like, ultimately it, it, it's funny because it's people who claim to argue for rationality and science. And yet they've gone so irrational in what they're articulating. Bro, for. I believe the science, bro. <laughs> where, where, and, and Paul's point here is so resonant, right? That we know there's a God, we know there's justice, we know there's moral codes, and yet we just don't do it. We just don't want to do it. Like at the end of the day, we want to be our own God. Yeah, exactly. He says, for although they knew God, that's everyone, for though, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. By whom? <laughs> Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Boy, does that feel like it was written yesterday. 
<laughs> and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. If this doesn't reek of, of, of relevance, yeah. then you're not paying attention, friends. Oh, well, it's about, let me get this next part here. Speaking of current relevance, right? Let's pick up Romans 1, verse 24. So this is because we've suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. We've said there is no God and we've worshipped the creature rather than the creator. And what is the, what is the result of that? It is direct and it's not vague and it's a very strong indictment on our current cultural context, right? This isn't me. This is Paul speaking. This isn't my like personal opinion here. I'm just going to let the text speak for itself. Romans 1, 24. Therefore, as in, in light of everything we just read, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So like if we ask, how, do, you know, how did we get here? How did we end up? Well, we ended up here because we denied who God is. And because despite knowing that there's a God, we refuse to worship him as such. We worship the creature rather than the creator. I mean, look, like, what, what do we do? We, we say, well, look, science has, in, in our contemporary age, it's less, um, less like uh, superstition and myth in the way that past cultures have, right? Or, or uh, you know, folk religion, right? And it's become this view where science, which is a methodological, a series of methodological approaches to understand and perceive the world around us and to come to conclusions, has somehow become this religious fervor of determining reality. And ironically, in that attempt to pursue that, we've gone into relativism, not just morally, but also in our observation of observable reality. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to the point where we say, well, no, we can't define those things. And so it, it should be no surprise, despite it being tragic, that our current culture is so consumed in sexual immorality of every flavor, shape, and, and kind. Um, it, it's blatantly there. Like, the, the warning is right in the text. Yeah. Yeah. And before, and before you and your progressive friends start jumping in and saying, oh, well, they're talking about sexual abuse and, and rape and children, and, you know, pedophilia. No. Uh, when, it's, when it's talking about this, uh, the, belie- the Greek word, I believe, is ar- arsenokoitos or something. Um, it literally translates as man bed or a bed with only men. Uh, and the whole point is it's just men being <laughs> inflamed with lust for one another. Um, I was just dealing with that yesterday, so I wanted to bring it up. Um, and he continues, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, right? Um, and it's not like they didn't realize God existed. No, they saw fit to not acknowledge him. Right. God gave them up to a debased mind, right? God did this. Well, right. Like he's, he's in control here. Well, it's also God saying, okay, go for it. You want to do that. Like, yep. like your own sin and your own sinful desire has condemned you. And right. It's like the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, right? All he has right. to do is loose his, his merciful hand and, and we've been hardened. Our, our depravity will spiral greater because we're depraved to the root. And so, yeah, if that, if that 
protecting grace of God is removed, as it is in this case of constant rebellion, God says, okay. Yep. And the sin continues to get worse and worse and worse because our depraved nature doesn't have a boundary line on it. Right. And the more powerful we are, the less the boundary is existed yeah. because there's less external pressure. Anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what they ought, to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God, God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. <laughs> now, mind you, the first several chapters of Romans is, is Paul explaining why we need to be justified. Yeah. What it is, like he's, he lays out the, I mean, if, if you had the book of Romans, you've, uh, and nothing, no other part of the Bible, you'd have just about everything you need in order to right. be at least equipped to give a, a, a good history of Christ and the gospel. Yeah. Right. Paul, Paul does a great work here in Romans. Um, we can, we can clearly see the state of man and what man does and becomes when left to our own devices, all sorts of inventors of evil things. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm looking around right now <laughs> and yeah. seeing what's going on and I'm thinking that's everywhere. Inventors of oh, evil yeah. things. Well, this whole state, right. They are, filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and malice, right? So look around, right? What Again, I'm speaking in our Western American culture. I can't speak to other parts of the world because I don't live there. Uh, and I don't know what's going on in, you know, and, and gratefully the church is growing in a lot of these persecuted areas. But here in the West, right, we're, we're post-Christian and we're seeing this, all manner of, of unrighteousness. There's evil, there's covetousness, right? People are not contented with what they have been given with their station in life, not just in their material possessions, but in their desire. Um, I should have more influence. I should have more authority than I do. I should have more ability to do what I want. Like that covetousness. Influencers. <laughs> right. And, and the covetousness, I think, goes beyond just the material desires, but into that heart of ill content with your station in life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're full of envy, ma- uh, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, they're gossips and slanderers. I mean, how often do we see people um, just completely slandering and misrepresenting others? How how frequently, unfortunately, is this in our culture? Um, people make accusations and destroy other people's lives on a lie yeah. because they've slandered them. And this happens in our Christian circles, and it's something that I'm, I'm deeply troubled by, um, where people will kind of dogpile on a particular teacher or a particular person because they said one thing that out of context seems bad, or maybe they've said a sequence of things and they're, and they're not particularly great on one issue, but now we're going to seek to destroy them by making up a bunch of things. I, I think, you know, and then you have examples of people like Doug Wilson, who obviously I take a lot of issue with, but I'm not going to go make things up about him to try to yeah, he, he's mess got with him. He's got enough on his own well, merit. Right. <laughs> well, well, he doesn't and, need your help. Right, and that's exactly it, right? Like when I have a disagreement with a, a John MacArthur or a John Piper, I'm going to address the specific issue that, that they said that I take issue with. And I'm not going to blow out a proportion and say they're misogynists and they're this and they're that. Like, that's not helpful. And, right. and, and, and ultimately, you don't know their heart. And so I don't get to say those things. I don't get to say, well, they're a racist. Well, no, 
Now, maybe they say things that are that are troubling, and, and if I was close to them, I'd say, hey, John, you know, maybe maybe don't talk that way. But, like, people are so quick to just slander and did, gossip. Did you just casually call John MacArthur a racist? <laughs> I was making a point, but yes, a rhetorical <laughs> flourish. Um, but but I've seen people say ridiculous things where they, they claim to know the heart of people they don't see because of a statement they made or because of a position they've taken. And they say, this must mean that this person believes X, Y, or Z, or that this is what they think in their heart. And... We, we can't do that. We have to deal in concrete terms. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. My man. <laughs> um, but right, then, then it goes on. They're haters of God. I think that goes without saying in our current culture. Uh, they're insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, ruthless, heart, uh, heartless. I love that. Like That list just keeps building. But isn't that exactly what we see in our culture? And, it, and it's weird for, for a world that is so raving, that uses Puritan and Puritanical as a pejorative label. To try to say someone's right. backwards and like <laughs> and like trying to trying yeah. to domineer over somebody else, like we have the most puritanical culture I can fathom right now. Because now, not only do you have to perfectly align with cultural catechesis of and and recite the cultural confessions of belief, um, but if you at any point in your life said or did something that was opposed to the current cultural currents, uh, you're canceled. You're, you're anathema. You're cast out. You are excommunicated from the cultural discourse. It kind of reminds me of that scene in um, Parks and Rec when the guys, <laughs> oh, you do this? Jail. <laughs> jail. Yeah. Jail. Immediately jail. <laughs> but isn't that exactly what we see, right? It's like, oh, this actor yeah. made this one tweet 10 years ago and didn't apologize for it. That They have to get canceled. Like, Imagine if everything you ever thought and said and did was like recorded and then put out there for... For the public to see. Nobody wants that. You know what's fascinating about that, Justin? It's interesting you mentioned. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going there. Why don't you why don't you lead us in on what you were <laughs> I love it. Well listen, somebody does know everything you've thought, said, and done. <gasps> Repent. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. right. As terrifying as that thought is, right? Now now let's imagine that instead of our corrupt culture where we could hang things over everybody else, that the judge is perfectly just and is perfectly all knowing and uh, has no biases and cannot be swayed or bought or uh, you know, paid off. Like, yeah. and the justice that is due from that judge will be executed. It's Period. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, right. He's going to execute justice, and nothing you can do will change that. Substitutionary atonement. <laughs> Attorneys at law. I'm just kidding. Um, but that's the beauty of the gospel. Yeah, man. I mean, the point is, you're guilty. Sorry. <laughs> you're guilty. That's yeah, it. Like there is it. no if and or buts about it. You're right. guilty. And you deserve the death penalty. Yeah. Period. You deserve death. And uh and that's it. Right. That, see you later. <laughs> right. But but God. But God, right? Yeah. Right? That's that's the whole point. Christ Christ takes that wrath <laughs> that we justly deserve upon himself like people don't grasp the unbridled wrath of god no and what that means no i mean you have no idea right what that means uh we we can't we can't conceptualize the fury of god no and that's not something that you want to be on the other end of right and yet yeah. christ voluntarily took on the wrath of the full wrath of god for all sin Mm. onto himself. Man, 
It's so good. I'm going to go. But he was to, just a man. Oh, boy. I'm going to go over to Ephesians <laughs> here real quick because, uh, you know, Paul on Paul. Uh, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy... Mm. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of human works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So yeah, guys, just your weekly reminder that uh, the gospel is good news. It is the best news. It is the only news worth sharing. In a world that's so fixated on this terrible thing happened and this person said this thing and Here's this slanderous opinion, and here's this. How about we look at the eternal good news, the unchanging good news, the good news that Ephesians 1 tells us was from before the foundation of the world, he chose us in Christ, right? And as you said, God's wrath is poured out on, on, on sin. And, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, so guys, remember, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. <laughs> no, that, that reminds me, you know, you're talking about the good news, right? The, emphasizing that the gospel is good news that actually came up in a thread the other day some guy was like i don't really see a problem with that quote because i'm like bruh and i and i I brought it back to uh to our episode with um assurance of pardon when they're like Mm -hmm. preach preach the six o'clock news at all times and if necessary use words i said do you see how stupid that sounds because it's news you got to use your mouth right i mean there's a difference between living a life that's worthy of said news sure but it's still news. You still got to speak it. Yeah, yeah. Right. The The spirit of that quote of preaching the gospel, and if necessary, use words of, of living a life of repentance, mm-hmm. of obedience is absolutely true because no, like, A, we don't want to be judged guilty on the last day of saying, hey, I told all these other people to do this, but I never removed the log from my own eye. Like I never actually repented or lived or, or cared for other people. And I was slanderous and mean spirited and judgmental and cruel and not yeah. in the sense of like, I am rightly discerning and saying hey you need to repent because this is sinful but being being mean and being and being haughty right we don't want to be in that position so like that's that spirit of it is true but it, it conflates too many things and it causes too many squirrely problems there where people are like you just don't you don't even have to say anything no no yeah. you do yeah. well i mean it, it suits a good papist lifestyle <laughs> oh got him <laughs> oh man oh, boy well listen guys we appreciate you we um we don't have the list, uh, but uh, somehow we're still members of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. We haven't been kicked out yet. We haven't been kicked out because of our antics or hiatus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they they must really like us. Something um, like that. It's because we're ruggedly handsome and have dad jokes. That's it. That is a hundred percent it. <laughs> you want to hear more of our dad jokes? You want to get early release episodes and extra bonus content? You can join us on Patreon for the small price of four ninety nine per month. 
You'll get those early release episodes and some extended conversations, as well as 10% off on the entire Shop Distilling Theology store. And there's new merch coming in 2022, so stay tuned. It's going to be that. lit. It is. And also, it's going to be lit if you join us at $14.99 per month. After three months, you'll get an exclusive patron mug, as well as additional bonus videos that no one else is going to get. We do additional streams, uh, extended conversations, and more. And there's other patronage levels coming in 2022 as well, so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, But Justin, if people want to get a hold of us, if they want to jump in on the conversation, where can they go? Y'all, of course, we are on the social medias. Uh, because we are millennials, and where else would we be? Uh, so join us on Facebook. You can find uh, at Distilling Theology. Uh, uh, we have a, a page that you can like and a group that you can join. Uh, the group is popping. It is wonderful. Um, somehow it's maintained its sage status. We yeah. haven't had to go wild in on anybody yet. Um, so that's been awesome. It's it's a huge blessing, and we've made some wonderful friends uh, yeah. As a result of distilling theology, so join us there on Facebook. Uh, we do have an Instagram as well at Distilling Theology. Um, yeah, I mean, social media. I technically did join our. Uh, I did use our Twitter in the last thirty days uh, to dunk on distilling some, tea to dunk on some heretics. So <laughs> that was great. Uh, just doing the Lord's work, you know. <laughs> I also because I didn't. I, so I uh, I don't know how to tweet. I'm I'm not good at it. My wife is is great at it. Um, and I tweeted quote tweeted because we're elder millennials. We're basically boomers. Yeah, and I quote tweeted uh, like a page and a half of Bobbing's Reform Dogmatics line by line, typed it all out, and I don't remember how many tweets it was, but I was you know um, confronting heresy. So you know, amazing. Had to, had to bring out the big it's guns worth, there. See, that's when that's when you just take a screen the, a picture of the page. Yeah, no, but it, but it was the amount of, it was the, the mental effort and, and time and energy that went into, um, <laughs> to showing them the error of their ways that really, really sent home the message. Uh, and we're sending home this message. Uh, thank you guys <laughs> for joining us. Um, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. And guys, until next time, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Surely do glory. Glory.